This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hello and welcome to my show. Hey, what's up? What's up, bitches? <laughs> I am a guest on Jessica Garcia's podcast called Jessica Cat, where she <laughs> brings on cat experts around the world. I am the possum. <laughs> You're Meownica? I'm Meownica <laughs> Meowntoya. I am the resident cat doctor at the Amunal Hospital. Hello, Jessica. <laughs> And thank you for having me. <laughs> mm, <pretty. laughs> oh, oh goodness. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> oh, uh, how are you, Monica? Good. First things first, I'm alarmed. Do you want to know why? Why? We have like a spam email in our in our podcast email. Oh no, what is it? <laughs> Google's like, this message seems dangerous. <laughs> Okay, what does it say? It I don't know because it says downloading this attachment is dangerous. Oh boy. Well, I want to know. It's from one Constance Beardorn. <laughs> Do you remember when we got that email from that woman who thought, I think she thought that we had a like a real connection to John Favreau because she was like asking us questions <laughs> yes. about his life. And she was like, could you ask him this for me? And I'm like, I, I straight up can't. I wish I could. <laughs> I just think it's so fucking funny when people actually think that we have a true... <laughs> true life i wish john favreau was actually my i dad. wish john favreau was like even like a distant acquaintance yeah just like like the friend of like a distant uncle the friend of a friend of a friend yeah uh, really that's all that's all we really want that's what i wish but for. no just to clear things up yet again for the umpteenth <laughs> time we do not know john favreau the closest connection we have is that what my friend allison's yeah like uncle's colleague fucking <laughs> pulled him over once or yeah. something yeah 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 totally that's like our closest that's the connection closest. absolutely other than yeah. that it's like he's really just just a fiction of our dreams yeah i want to know if anyone has told him we exist do you think so probably not i don't think anyone has told him told <laughs> I don't think anyone has told him that we exist. I, I mean, we have discussed or I've discussed changing his Wikipedia page to put us on it. Yeah, I feel like if anyone knows how to do that, hit us yeah, up. Yeah, because I was going to do it. I just don't know. I, I don't know how to code. I don't know how to code either. Aaron, do you know how to code? We'll pay you 20 bucks if you can. That's the most we've ever paid him. Okay, every, no, not you, Aaron. Anyone, oh. <laughs> anyone out there, if you know. <laughs> The Jabba, the Hut, or the CCs, or the seven, seven. Yeah. Like if you know the code, the co <laughs> if you know the code, if you know if you know Jabba the Hut script, please call me back. Oh, you're trying to say JavaScript? Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll if you pay know, you twenty bucks. Let us know because I really I want to put somewhere on his Wikipedia page that we exist. Because then every time someone wiki, Google's him, wiki. we're right there. Waka waka. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was watching uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, uh -huh, last a great night. choice. In incredible film. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and 
And it's just so fucking funny seeing Je- Jason Siegel like talk about his love for puppets throughout the entire <laughs> film, knowing that he will eventually be the star in the Muppet movie. <laughs> AKA they, like his wet dream. AKA his wet dream. You know, he went to bed every night with a tissue and and very happy. Oh no. This man, this man is obsessed with the Muppets. I saw him once at a William Sonoma in Santa Barbara. Oh my God. I know. I kept staring at him. It was really awkward. He's so tall. He was like, I mean, I know he's tall, but really tall. No, he's like, what is he like? Six, six. Like he's really tall. Something. Let's fact check. I don't know. Watch it be like five, one. (laughs) It's definitely not five, one, six, four. He's six, four. He's six, four. That's tall. That's tall. That's tall. And the lady he was with, it was some, it was the woman he was dating at the time. Lucky a lady. Was super short short yeah was it Kristen Bell no it was (laughs) I think she was a photographer or something oh I don't know look into his dating history you can find it maybe not right now (laughs) we'll get into that later indeed well Monica who are we talking about today we're talking about Redig RDJ (laughs) (laughs) the man the myth the legend mm-hmm. BFFs to John Favreau. Yeah, truly BFFs. Truly. He he was in she made a small cameo in Chef. <laughs> he did. As a really good character. As too. a really phenomenal character. Yeah. He had the best bit in the whole mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. It was that he was like super rich and like a fucking playboy, but like you could not wear shoes inside of his yes. fucking like like in his office. It's like a firm. And he and he gives John Favreau the truck. Yeah, and he's the one who buys him the shitty mm-hmm. truck. Uh, and it's just so fucking funny because he is obviously, obviously the ex-boyfriend of his of his ex-wife. Yeah. Of Sofia Vergara. Vergara. And it's just so fucking funny because the, the like, dynamic between them is, like, insane. It's, like, tinged with jealousy, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, like, complete and total disregard for the humanity of the other person. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway it's rdj robert downey jr yes tell us a little bit about him you know what i will robert john downey jr (laughs) (laughs) so it's actually rjdj rjdj i love that robot from star wars rj DJ is an American actor and producer, son of actor and filmmaker Robert Downey Sr. Oh. Was born in Manhattan in 1965. He had a troubled childhood, quote, surrounded by drugs. But like, actually, it was really troubling because his dad gave him uh, marijuana when he was six years old, which is very bad. It's going to be a no. It's going to be a big no. No. And I guess as he grew up, they would just... That's how they bonded. They just did drugs together. That's terrible. And his dad later in life was just like, yeah, I guess that was a bad decision. That's not And good. everyone else was like, you think? You know what's, I mean, this is not funny, sure. but uh, doesn't, didn't like Dax Shepard, like the, also like the way that he bonded with his father was like doing drugs with him, basically. He was drinking with him. He was like, or like, yeah. drink, like substance, right? Yes, yes, like yes. substances. Yeah. I wonder if this is like a common thing. I feel like probably like if you have a relatively absent parent, you bond with them over like the thing that they're addicted to. Yeah. Like the, they're like what they love most, which yeah. 
which is unfortunately not you. Yeah. It is a because substance. Because they're an addict. Truly. Yeah. Wow. Poor oh, guy. Sad. Tell us more about him. Anyway, um, so he had minor roles in his father's films through his childhood, making his film debut at age five in the absurdist comedy Pound. In 1982, he dropped out of high school and moved to New York to pursue acting full time. After briefly performing on SNL and being named the worst <laughs> SNL cast member of all time. <laughs> To be fair, this isn't like an official thing. I think Rolling Stone wrote an article and like they dubbed him that, but you know, I rolled with it. (laughs) So after that, he had roles in several coming of age films of the 1980s, leading him to be considered a member of the Brat Pack. The Brat Pack. (laughs) But it was his role as a drug addicted rich boy, aka a little too close to home, in the film (laughs) adaptation of Less Than Zero that really proved his talent and gave way to larger roles in films, most notably his starring role in Chaplin, which garnered him his first Academy Award nomination. Brilliant. From 1996 to 2001, he was arrested many times on drug-related charges, was in and out of rehab, and was fired from several jobs. But after deciding to fully recover from his addictive behavior and being completely drug-free since 2003... Yay! Applause! He then made his return to acting. Since then, he has had many notable starring roles, most notably playing Tony Stark slash Iron Man in the MCU. Thank you, John Favreau. Thank you, John Favreau. (laughs) And he has been nominated for four SAG Awards, four Golden Globes, two BAFTAs, and two Academy Awards. He's also the literal daddy to three kids. Three small downies. And a windmill. And a windmill, which, <laughs> oh my lanta. If you guys have not seen the Architectural Digest video of Robert Downey Jr.'s yeah. fucking windmill. We just watched it. <laughs> please watch it. Um, It's brilliant. You would not think that he would live in a windmill, but yet there he, he is. he does. Living in He's a so windmill. He's so kooky. He's so kooky. <laughs> um, Monica, so what is the first film so the first film is what we both believe to be his like most iconic performance the thing that Mm -hmm. he really gave his all in and that is chaplin uh it came out in 1992 the story about is by diana hawkins screenplay by william boyd brian (laughs) forbes and william goldman directed by richard attenborough (laughs) attenborough attenborough like david attenborough attenborough Based on the books Chaplin, His Life and Art by David Robinson and My Autobiography by Charles Chaplin. Chaplin is a recreation of the life of the comedic genius Charlie Chaplin, played by Robert Downey Jr. from his humble beginnings in South London through his early days in British vaudeville, his silent movie career in America, and his late masterpieces. Yes. Chaplin. A short summary because it's literally just a biopic. It's kind of insane. Like, I... <laughs> I Let's get let's get our let's thoughts get on the right movie out of the way. Into it. I don't like this movie. It's not a good movie. It's not a. It's okay. <laughs> sorry. It's not a well made film. Uh, n- no, it's not. Uh, to be fair, like I don't know how much potential it had to be a very good f- movie. I agree. Um, I think if you had made a movie about certain parts of his life, it might have been more interesting. There could have been more there. Yeah, maybe. but this movie. Like it has a lot of issues with the the script in general is not very good. Um, the script, the, the dialogue is stale, no, y'all. It's just like a very, it's a very convenient movie where you know exactly what's coming and everyone always says the right thing it's, to lead you into the next scene. 
like it's just too it's predictable yeah it's it's a very like beat for beat like you know and this is a good thing in like early 2000s romantic comedies when you know exactly beat for fucking beat what is about to happen and like what the best friend is going to say Mm -hmm. what the quote-unquote like uglier best friend is going to say (laughs) what the hot blonde is gonna say Mm -hmm. what the guy is thinking what the girl is thinking like you know all of these things and like you know to that works for the genre it does not work for this movie (laughs) no not at all especially because like the way it's shot as well it felt like it felt like one of those like educational movies in the 90s yeah like (laughs) you know how oh my god you know how i don't know if you ever took french class oh i did but in french class baby but in in Oui, ça va, Monica? Oh! <laughs> oui, oui, mon ami. <laughs> um, so in French class, I don't know if you guys ever sort of like went through this, mm-hmm. but basically the French teacher would like cut, <laughs> roll up with a fucking VHS tape and pop exactly them in. exactly what you're thinking of. <laughs> and then, <laughs> mise en long, vous allez, il, elle, on. Like, <laughs> there was all of these like French, <laughs> like theme songs like coming in and then yep. like, they would show you like a short, almost like a short yeah, film, short films of like these kids around like certain topics <laughs> using certain words. Yeah, uh, and so basically, what would end up happening is these kids are like clad in like class classic nineties outfits. Uh-huh. It's like a red top and like blue mm-hmm. jeans. And they're like talking to each other and they're like, oh, like Veronica. They'd be like, Michelle has to do the grocery shopping this week. Let's follow him. <laughs> I know. Okay. So, okay. Close, close your eyes and picture that. And that is what this movie reminds yeah. me of. That is what this it movie. It looks very like hazy. Yeah. It's very hazy. It's very hazy. It has like a glow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just don't think works for no. the story. I, what's really sad to me is I know what they're trying to achieve with this movie. Of course. I know what they're trying to achieve. And this man was a fucking legend. And I feel like this movie did not do, do him, him justice, justice? No. at all. And also, no one has ever tried to make another film about Charlie Chaplin ever again. <laughs> not that I know of, at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the one thing, the one, the diamond mm-hmm. in the rough, the sapphire in the shit, the... <laughs> gold nugget Uh in the dirt is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, it truly is. Who has an uncanny, uncanny performance Mm -hmm. where he is like scarily, he scarily turns into Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, it is kind of frightening especially when you consider all of the substances that he's on. (laughs) Yes, 100%. And like, like that was one thing that I really thought was interesting about the movie that connected it more to like real life because Charlie Chaplin, he's not just fascinating because like he's a legend. Mm-hmm. He's fascinating because he straddled these two time, like very distinct, important time periods within entertainment and within, within performance. cinema. Yeah. Yeah. So he did theater and he was really famous for that, but it was like kind of looked down upon and people didn't, people got famous from it, but they weren't like respected. No. But then he moves to film and he becomes like really highly regarded and it's a totally different world. Well, it's not just that, but like America in general and like the world in general, specifically America has never had like a culture of going to the theater. So like when you're like a theater star, Mm -hmm. which I'm I'm laughing at because you know, you're not really a theater star. (laughs) Um, When you're like a a quote unquote theater star in America, Mm -hmm. just like you said, it's like really 
not like looked as graciously upon as like no if you were like a film star everyone knows that like you're probably talented but you don't have very much money exactly and like like, that someone might have told you your face doesn't look good on camera it makes you it makes them feel really (laughs) weird about you and they like laugh and they like clap and you know maybe they'll occasionally Mm -hmm. buy the ticket to your like show but then they're like "Mm," but like he's also trying to get on like csi and like he can't really get on csi (laughs) it's really confusing yeah but it's a hard world out there and Robert Downey Jr. I feel like was experiencing something similar mm-hmm. in his career where he was being pigeonholed as like this bad boy, Ooh. which kind of climaxed with his role in Less Than Zero. But like, because that was lit- like his role in that was a lot like what he was like in real life. I totally. mean, all, the despicable actions that he does in that movie, not like him in real life. Not good. But like all the drugs, crazy. And so then he's like given this shot at this insanely big and serious role and he has to like he has to bridge this huge gap so i feel like that's one of the reasons why he was able to dial in to this role so deeply and really ground it because like it it came from a very similar place totally and what i love about robert denny jr and Jessica and I were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I cannot pinpoint like what the X factor is for me yeah. about Robert. Like I know that something's there and I can't take my eyes off of him, but I cannot for the life of me describe exactly what, what is that like tangible thing that makes him so good. Yeah. And with this, with Chaplin specifically, he fucking embodies like the soul mm-hmm. of Charlie Chaplin and the optimism and like the drop, like he just feels to me so in it mm-hmm. and so committed, even though, like you said, like he had such a, this like a dark, a very dark time, dark trademark yeah. time <laughs> in his life. Just the sheer fact that he was able to like shed that suit off and mm-hmm. put another one on and like really embody this role is kind of intense for me. Like I, I give so much, props to this man who was able to again like shake shake himself off for the day yeah and become this true legend yeah and carry that literal burden on his shoulders and come out the other side being completely like critically celebrated Mm -hmm. commercially celebrated the film itself not so much but his performance yes yeah everyone pretty much across the board everyone's like yeah he's amazing and he carried the entire movie and i think it's because he like gives his performance is incredibly intimate like we talk a lot about people like acting with their eyes but there's something about his performance in this where like it's like you can see the cogs moving in his head like he has a weird ability for his eyes to say something his facial expression to say another but then like his body to do something totally different yeah which is also very similar to like charlie chaplin's physical comedy is like shit coming out of nowhere and like the body doing something totally different from the head totally yeah it was just i think really fascinating to watch and i agree like i also can't put my finger on what it is about him but like you can't look away i think another part of this movie that i liked that is less like a statement about the movie and just about robert downey jr robert is that I think he gives us like a really intimate look at the minds of artists who are so absorbed in their creativity that like they can't, they like physically can't cope with anything else. Anything. Like literally anything else. I mean, Charlie Chaplin had a family, he had kids, but like it was kind of a shit show for a long time until ultimately he married a woman 
drastically younger than him, but chocolate, they were together for a very long time. I know, shocking. And deeply in love. And deeply. most of his children are from her, yes. which is like not something you really expect. But the thing that I respected about the performance of that is that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't make us like judge him for no. that or judge entertainers. We just are supposed to like see it and accept the madness, I guess. Yeah. And weirdly like respect it. Well, there's respect in honesty, yeah. right? Like there's, you give, you give respect to someone who is deeply truthful and deeply honest. I mm-hmm. think, I think where the disrespect comes from or where the judgment comes from is if someone is not being completely honest yeah. or truthful or like living within their truth or like they are trying to shift their narrative in some way to like fucking blindside you. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of it is giving a deeply honest and truthful performance and making the audience not necessarily be on Chaplin's side yeah but at the very least seeing okay this is this is real this is me (laughs) like that's him yeah and take it or leave it kind of a situation instead of that's him let's debate it's like no 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 that's him take it or leave it yeah exactly which is why I think we're able to have such an incredible amount of empathy for him Mm -hmm. by the time we get to the end oh yeah like hated most of the movie but i did like that ending moment where he's finally like being honored for everything that he's did he did because he was a man who was like constantly chasing something and it was like he was never able to recognize his achievement talent and his achievements yeah but also wasn't really being recognized for it publicly i mean people loved him and he was very highly regarded but like he was being fucking you know like chased by the government and like literally couldn't yeah, come the, back to yeah, America. The fucking FBI was like <laughs> on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And eventually that like uh, forced him to not be able to see himself the way that the public saw him mm-hmm. until he's almost fucking dead and he's at the Academy Awards and he's watching these people watch his performances and you see him realize like these ah. people love me mm-hmm. and I had such incredible impact and he like starts tearing up and then you as an audience member, you're just like, oh, it's like, fuck man, it's <laughs> powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a big, a big thing that this movie is trying to say is like, you know, you don't understand the life of it. Like the life of an entertainer is both elusive and, it, and very like truthful, mm-hmm. like very relatable and real. Like they have yeah. struggles and triumphs and, and tribulations and, and whatnot. And I think that a lot of this movie was, well, there's a lot of fucking name dropping in this movie. First oh, of yeah, all. <laughs> it's <a> crazy. <laughs> um, but a, what a lot of what this movie is trying to do a lot of the time is just show you like a little glimpse of this is what an iconic entertainer's life looked like. This is what his family life looked like. This is what his sex life looked like. This is what his, his life on the lamb looked like. Like this is what that looked like. And you are free to make your own opinion about that. But he at the very least is being honest and he at the very least is being truthful. And like, what are you being right? And like, what impact are you having? Mm -hmm. And this is the impact that he had. And it was not all good. But at the very least, he left a mark. You yeah, know? a huge mark. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Mm, so good. 10 out of 10 performance. 10 out of 10 performance. I'm uh, not going to tell you to go watch the movie. I would not go watch the movie. But I, like, uh, there has to be a compilation of scenes from yeah, the movie I think that he's in just so you can get a taste. If you go on <laughs> YouTube.com, you will find a compilation of Robert Downey Jr. His scenes from Chaplin. Go find them. Chaplin. Chaplin. Go find them. (laughs) 
Well, that takes us to our next movie, which is my favorite of the bunch. Ah, uh, yes, your favorite. Of the bunch. It's not my favorite, but it's your favorite. That's okay. It is my favorite, and this is my show. Oh. <laughs> Hello, meow. <laughs> this is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which came out in 2005, written and directed by Shane Black, based in part on the novel Bodies Are Where You Find Them <laughs> by Brett Halliday. Harry Lockhart, played by Robert Downey Jr., is a crook who stumbles into an audition, literally, for a mystery film while on the run from the cops. On the lam. Winning the part, he lands in Hollywood, where he's flung into a tangled, murderous conspiracy with his childhood sweetheart, Harmony Lane, played by Michelle Monaghan, and hard-boiled private eye Perry Van Shrike, a.k.a. Gay Perry, played by Val Kilmer. Val fucking Kilmer. Let's just get it out of the way. A Val, star. Val Kilmer is the star of this film. The star. Thank you. I'm I was worried you would not agree with no, me. Oh my absolutely god. Absolutely not. He, I mean, like everyone in this movie is amazing, but Val no, Kilmer makes the movie. He makes the fucking movie. 100%. He's the star. He's the icon. He's the legend. He's the moment. Like the and the fact that they make his character gay, which oh. is like it does not come into ah, play ah, at ah, any ah. time in the movie. It's just a joke. It's just a, like a trait basically. Yeah, and it's hilarious oh, it's just such a bit it's just such delightful and he gets all the best lines all oh he gets all oh, oh, the fucking best oh, lines he gets to say the little like you know those little um those little crunchies that like in in, in yeah. when you're eating like a nice crunchy ice cream mm-hmm. he's the crunchies like the one about where it's like look up look up yes. the definition of an idiot what what you'll find in robert yes. downey is like a picture of me and he goes no, no the definition of an idiot which is what you are <laughs> Catch that one on our Instagram. Oh yeah, I posted that one on Instagram. (laughs) So good. Anyway. Tell me what you think of this film, Monica. I love this film. I love this film. It's not my favorite of the three. That's okay. But uh, I know which one is your fave because it's not Chaplin. Because it's not Chaplin. So it must be the third. It must be the third. I love this movie. I think it is a buttload of fun. Oh yeah. Not a boatload, a buttload of fun. Just one butt. I think that this movie does a lot of like daring shit that you would not really find in a 2005 movie. Uh, No. (laughs) Like what the fuck? (laughs) Agreed. What do you think about the movie, Jessica? Okay, well, first of all, I love a neo-noir. I I was going to say. I I love a (laughs) neo-noir. Like, I don't really like like crime movies, but when it's a neo-noir crime movie, I'm fucking on You're there. And I love anything that's like about LA that makes comments about LA and Hollywood. Oh, okay. I'm all about that shit. Pause, 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 (laughs) pause. Everyone here knows that we love an LA movie. We love it. We live for an LA movie. We love what this fucking movie says about Los Angeles. It's just so funny. Like the way that he becomes an actor is he's robbing like a toy store. Yeah, it's like, it's it's inconsequential. Yeah, he's robbing something and he's on the run from the cops and he like runs up these stairs and into a room and it's literally a film audition. And so he sits down and he just starts reading the lines and he does such a good job. Yes. That, because then he starts like, talking about what's actually happening and they think he's just doing brilliant improv. Yes. <laughs> Which is absolutely insane. And the sheer <laughs> fact that it's like his story and he's telling it from yes. his perspective, literally, like I just, it is just bizarre to me that this movie had the fucking audacity. <laughs> the audacity there. to go there. Yeah. Like 
yes serve it to me on a plat- on a platter because i love it then he gets the part and then he gets yes. shipped off to los angeles yes. and he's a fucking like he's he's an up-and-coming star he yes. doesn't ultimately get the role because they decide to cast someone else or like not make the movie or yeah, something whatever whatever it doesn't matter but he's being like shopped around at all these parties which is how he gets involved in this fucking drama and it's so good because like that that is like the essence of hollywood is a lot of the times the people who work the fucking hardest are not the people who get famous no and the people the people who get famous are like famous by accident they're like famous because they're in the right place at the right Mm -hmm. time which like i know i know you guys i know i'm so tired of hearing people say that like oh my god you gotta be at the right place at the right time but it's true but it's 100 percent true any actor will tell you that like yes it's talent and hard work but it's also fucking luck it's also luck i mean look at some of these bitch ass hoes that are famous right now tell me monica i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say but you know who they are and it's not paris hilton that bitch famous for a reason that bitch is a national treasure (laughs) we love her we love you paris (laughs) anyway so i think robert downey jr's performance is so good in this because he is so reactive oh my god but not in like a big way. No. They're small reactions, but they say a lot. Like he's just very like wide-eyed and says whatever the fuck comes to mind, which is especially helpful for this movie because he's literally doing like voiceover narration. Yeah, he's it's his story, yeah. he's telling it. And because he says anything that pops into his head and has virtually no filter, he's an incredibly reliable narrator for this otherwise wackadoodle story. Yeah. Um I sort of like related it to like stream of consciousness. Yes. Like as almost as like he's writing it, like as he's going Mm -hmm. along or like he's like journaling as he's going along, just like stream of consciousness bullshit. Because it's like, I think that this movie could not have been told any other way. Mm -hmm. There was, there's so many insane and honestly conflicting things that are happening in this movie in the background. (laughs) It is a little confusing. It's very confusing. Um, And having him be like you said the reliable narrator of like Mm -hmm. this these are the things that are happening as they're happening how i think that they're happening i think made the movie a lot more watchable for people because i feel like if that element was not there and if it wasn't robert i like i don't know what i don't know what the fuck this movie would be yeah i mean a lot of the funny bits come from his like internal monologue it's his internal monologue and val kilmer and so without without the without the narration it would just be val kilmer which like i'm happy to watch a movie that's just all gay perry yeah but you know a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah agreed um the other thing that I like about this movie, and I guess it's kind of controversial, but you can give me your opinion, okay. is that like he also plays a surprisingly sensitive man. Mm-hmm. He's very sensitive to like violence, yes. particularly violence against women. Yes. And like, yes, it's good that he's sensitive about those things because right. like all people should be sensitive about those yeah, things. Yeah, it shouldn't be happening either. So it so. feels kind of like a pat on the back right. as it, because it's written in that way. But also like, the fact is that a lot of people aren't sensitive or a lot of men specifically aren't sensitive about those things. And so I think it was an unexpected choice, especially because like he's a burglar. Like that's what he does. He burgles for a living. (laughs) He thieves. (laughs) He thieves. He thieves. (laughs) And now he's like being shopped around as like a a Hollywood hotshot. An actor. (laughs) But he's also someone being like, don't assault that woman. Which is surprising. It is very surprising. I think watching this movie right now, because again, this movie came out in 2005. I've yeah. seen this movie quite a few times. I've seen it, Surprisingly, I've seen it at a lot of sleepovers. 
interesting. <laughs> I will, this was the second time for me seeing this movie. That's really funny. Um, I will say that I like the point that you're making. I feel like I feel like a lot of it was Robert Downey Jr. I think that yeah. that that it works because he is a sensitive man. Like he's mm-hmm. very in tune with his own emotions. Yeah, and you know, as in the movie that we'll be talking about later, uh-huh. um, he can also be quite like menacing and yes. kind of like intimidating. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a certain softness to him, and like, yeah. and dare I say, like femininity to him sure. that he's really in tune with. That yeah. I greatly appreciate, especially like when you look at roles like Tony Stark that are like they're are supposed to be supposed to be these hyper masculine mm-hmm. playboy roles he brings a certain level of feminine femininity to them he cares about like he cares about people deeply mm-hmm. and he the way that he moves and the way that he carries himself and the way that he cares about the like the things that he makes yes like a lot of it shows great tender love and care Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is what most people would consider to be tributes of like more like sensitivity or like femininity or like being in tune with that side of yourself which Mm -hmm. i think fundamentally everyone has femininity and masculinity in them of course but i just think I love that you brought that up because I just, I feel like a lot of it is Robert. And I, I think that that is that's that trait and that like that sort of back and forth forth between him and everyone else. And Mm -hmm. like the violent world that he's in and then his like internal monologue. I feel like a lot of that back and forth is like driven by him and driven and it works a lot like with the story and it works to move the story forward. Yeah. Because I feel like it also just makes us more empathetic to him and his story Mm -hmm. because he's so different from, from everyone else because he's like, it's like a, it's a class, it's a classic fish out of water story. I'm not like other boys. I'm not like other boys. (laughs) So hashtag not all men. Hashtag not all boys. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I feel like that's, yeah, that's my answer to your uh, to your hot take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, that I think that was my my larger point is that like this role feels I don't know Robert personally. Oh, but, I know Robert, <laughs> but this movie feels like it's the closest to who he actually is. Right. Yeah, like he in, even in real life as a fucking like huge super rich A list actor, like he still kind of feels like like bumbling around and <laughs> like. I'm supposed to be here, but I'm also like, I'm not really supposed to be here. Yeah, there's like a, um, <laughs> there's like a lightheartedness yeah. to him. That's like, you know what? Like, we're really all just here to have fun. Like, it's kind of what it is. And, and, um, and there's like, but also at the same time, like the dichotomy of it all is that he cares very deeply. Yes, <laughs> so totally. it's kind of like hard to get a read on that of someone who is like at the same time being like, this is all chill y'all like let's just you know let's just have fun yeah let's have a good time and then being like i care so much well i think he cares a lot but he's also like but don't like i i should not be elevated above anybody else for it no i think it's i think a, it's like what he re- that's where he really comes from a, a baseline of like human interaction like let's all treat each other yeah. like we're on the same playing field exactly and then we can we can build from there basically yeah so. i agree kiss kiss bang bang y'all it's such a it's such a good movie it's so So fucking funny it's i will say preface everything by saying Uh it is not for everyone (laughs) no i don't think it's for everyone but i think i think if you're friends with me (laughs) and i think if you're friends with me you would like this movie you'll like this movie um but if you're not friends with either of us i don't know i don't know i just don't know i don't you know. know what 
maybe you should become friends with us. <laughs> I feel like that might solve all of your problems. <laughs> We're very lonely. Please be our friends. Mm. Don't be third movie take us into it okay (laughs) uh the third movie yes is sherlock holmes yes bitch okay uh more recent development i laugh as i say this because it literally came out in 2009 it is 2021 (laughs) ma'am like I I can't believe that this came out in 2009. I literally it has it's it looks really good for a movie that came oh, out in 2009. Yeah, but I do remember being 14 and seeing this movie. So. I remember yes, yeah. 100%. So it's like I remember going to the movie theater to see this movie. Uh, as do I. So it's just like, okay, like it's been a while, girl. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. <laughs> um, but she holds up. Anyway, Sherlock Holmes, again, came out in 2009. Story by Lionel Wigram. 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 And Michael Robert Johnson. Screenplay by Michael Robert Johnson, Anthony Peckham, and Simon Kinberg. Directed by Guy Ritchie. I love Guy Ritchie. I love Guy Ritchie. (laughs) Based on the characters and writings of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm, Yes. After finally catching serial killer and a cult sorcerer in quotation marks. <laughs> well, he is a quote unquote sorcerer. sorcerer. <laughs> Lord Blackwood, played by a delicious Mark Strong. Oh, that man is so chiseled. <laughs> that face. Uh, that chin. It's so pointy. It's so angular. <laughs> Legendary sleuth Sherlock Holmes, played by Robert Downey Jr. and his assistant, Dr. Watson, played by the yummy Jude Law. Oh, so yummy. Mm so yummy especially in 2009 Mm -hmm. can he close yet another successful case but when blackwood mysteriously returns from the grave and resumes his killing spree (laughs) his killing spree it is a killing spree (laughs) holmes must take up the hunt once again contending with his partner's new fiance and the dim-witted head of scotland yard the dauntless detective must unravel the clues that will lead him into a twisted web of murder deceit and black magic and the deadly embrace of temptress irene adler played by rachel mcadams (laughs) the end the end (laughs) until next time (laughs) there are a lot of moving parts in this movie okay 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 (laughs) this is my favorite Robert Downey Jr. film. It's a good one. It's a really good one. It's a good one. I think he was like born to play Sherlock oh, Holmes. So good. Especially like this iteration. This style of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, because you don't oh. see this style. You don't see this style ever. ever. It's just Guy Ritchie. Yeah, pretty much. It's I love Guy Ritchie movies. It's literally just Guy, <laughs> Guy Ritchie went, let me write this movie. Let's make Sherlock like a lad. Let's you know? make Sherlock <laughs> like a lad from the pub. One that you and me on a bench. But like, not today. But like, like back, back in London times. Back in the London times <laughs> with the waves and the ships and the steam. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and make sure that he's just one of the lads from the establishment. And he lives on the street with the lump. Oh. <laughs> Scene. Action. <laughs> and... Go, go. <laughs> um, yeah, the fucking style of Sherlock Holmes in this is, it's amazing. Like he's, he's fucking wild. Like he's, he's wild. a wild bad boy. He just like, 
fights. He does fist fights all the fucking time. Yeah. It's bizarre. He like plays the violin and like the fucking <laughs> flies like swarm in a counterclockwise position. <laughs> like, and he feeds potions to his to Watson's dog, bulldog. And, and it's kind of like depressing, but then you get over it because yeah. the dog's fine. There's a lot going on in this movie. There's a lot going on in this movie. The first thing you notice about this movie though is that the score fucking slaps. The score slaps. Oh, the score hits you. It's score. Okay, this score is the score. It's really, this is the score that all of the other scores are trying to be. Who did this? Was this Hans? That's what I thought. Okay, Hansy boy. Was it actually Hans? Or was it one of his one of his crones? <laughs> okay, so either Hansy boy or one of Hansy's boys yes, did correct. this. <laughs> uh, it's so good. It reminds me a lot of uh, the score in Knives Out, like how it like the, smacks the, you in the face. Like, what is that? Is that a mandolin? <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I just think of like the very aggressive, like string downbeats. Yeah. Oh, so it's good. so, it's so good. good. It's very, it's very pickly, but at the same time, very like it slaps yeah, you. Yeah. It re- it's really, really good. Pickly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we mean. You know what I'm trying to say, girl. <laughs> stop it. Stop it right now. But now onto his performance. Oh, Lordy, Lordy <laughs> McLorderson. Robert Downey Jr. is so steamy in this. He really is. Like, and I don't know what it really is about him. I don't know if it's because he's like like a bad boy who's really smart, but plays dumb, but is really smart on the inside. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't fucking know what it is. I don't know. But what he's it is. amazing. So and he's good. very steamy. And like a sim like I, I said this about the other movies, but like he's an incredibly reactive actor. And that's why he's so good, but it's also why he's very funny in this role. Like he has him and him and Jude have a lot of well, they have amazing chemistry, first of all. Oh my God. Them together is one of the best things to come out of An unexpected pairing. Unexpected, but, but so, so right. Mm-hmm. So right. And they play so well off of each other. And Jude Law is like is like a pillar of strength in this yes. movie. And like is so tolerant of him. And and Robert Downey Jr. is like a little like wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> float like ebbing in and out and like slightly like like touching the pillar and like like receding from the pillar and like touching the pillar and like receding and like it's just such a beautiful dance to like watch them act together it's so good and then and it's also so beautiful when you get to the the, the heart of it you know and that they really love each other and have like like they're like fucking blood brothers man yeah and i think a lot of it like what I love about this role, again, like going back to what I said earlier, it's very like a, it's a very like hyper masculine role. Mm-hmm. It has a lot like there, it literally at some point, and this is just like this is Guy Ritchie, but like at some points it looks like he, they're all in a video game and like yeah, like things start to like move very slowly yeah, in slow motion and 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 everything is in like really like the contrast is like very like like turned all the way the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> like everything is very angular and jagged and dark and gritty and like dirty mm-hmm. and all everyone's fucking beating each other up in the dirt and it's like and like this is and like this is just like what he does but it's um but what i love about specifically robert downey jr's role in this is he's still so he still manages to be so sensitive yeah he still manages to pull real emotion out of every situation mm-hmm. and even though he is in this like quote-unquote like bromance mm-hmm. with 
Jude Law's character, Watson, he's still able to come from a very honest and like loving place whenever yeah. he thinks about him, whenever he talks about him, whenever he talks to him. Yeah. You know, in that scene where they're uh, meeting up with each other to like do this. There's a lot of them like going together to go solve a crime. That's the whole point of Sherlock yeah, Holmes. That's the point. But there's a specific scene where like he forgets his gun and like Watson takes his gun to him and they like meet up together at this yeah. like fucking abandoned warehouse or some shit. I don't fucking know. It's London. It's London. Um, And they uh, basically like a bomb goes off and you can just see like the hurt and fear and genuine like yeah. love and like sorrow in his eyes when he realizes that like Watson has been essentially like blown up even yeah. though he hasn't he he is not dead but he thinks he's dead but he thinks he's dead and there's just so much emotion like flowing out of him yeah at that moment and because it's in slow motion because everything in this movie is in slow motion. correct <laughs> <laughs> and because in it's so it's in slow motion it allows you to see like you said earlier like the cogs kind of like circling around in his head yeah. of like what's what happened to my friend is my friend okay like i love my friend and like it's very lovely to see like little bits and pieces of this sensitive heart that robert downing jr has in such a again like hyper masculine role yeah totally agreed and i think the equally impressive part of that is that he like just the same way you're able to see his emotion, you are also able to see all of it vacate him in like a matter of seconds. Like oh, yeah. I think of the scene where uh, he's meeting Mary Watson's fiance for the first <laughs> time and they're at the dinner scene and Watson was like, please don't like analyze her. But she's she's a down bitch. We like Mary. Yeah, she's like, get me, bitch. Like, what can you tell about me what just by you? looking at me i want to know <laughs> and of course he like says things that upset her because like it's traumatic like exactly. these are like horrible things that have happened to her like for example her fiance had died yeah and he was like she he, he thought that or he had quote-unquote like analyzed mm -hmm. that, like he like she had left him for like money or some shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and no he died he fucking died so and so she gets pissed and she throws wine on him and then Watson gets pissed and then they both leave and you just see like everything vacate his face mm -hmm. and he's just sitting there and you can't read anything anything and that's fucking impressive I would it's argue it's more impressive than emoting I because think. like how do you just get rid of it how you do know? you how do you how do you become a vacuum of your own emotions and yeah. thoughts how do you do that it's really it's really weird are you the Dyson <laughs> animal v7 <laughs> what are it's you just, yeah so i think i think the fact that he's able to play both so well and then combine them into a character who like is still believable in a weird way because sherlock holmes is in you know obviously a fictional character with like weird abilities that i don't think anybody has he has like this fucking mind palace yeah. where he like thinks about shit exactly. a lot and like there's different rooms <laughs> and all the rooms have plates and like the fucking plates of like i don't know flowers on it's exactly. like really complicated it really is but like he, he grounds the character and i think that's the thing that i love so much because like Sherlock Holmes is supposed to be a kind of like heroic character. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. Like, like, like a hero and his, his other, his side, side hero. Exactly. He's supposed to be kind of heroic. And yet Robert Downey Jr. plays him as like, yes, he's a hero because he's doing heroic things, mm -hmm. but he himself is not a heroic person. Right. He's just really fucking smart, but he also has flaws. And, and like, he's lost and he, exactly. he relies too heavily on 
Watson to like keep going. Yeah. Versus, and I've seen a lot of other um, variations of Sherlock Holmes where Sherlock Holmes is like the steady, strong, like I know everything and I'm smart yeah. and I'm awesome. And Watson is the one that's like, I was just in the war. <laughs> I'm sad. And my, I am me leg, and sad. Me leg. Like, you know, and, yeah. and in this version, obviously, like, Watson is the one who's got his head really on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he's trying to get married and he and he's the one writing everything down and he's the one making the stories and he's the one who's both deeply fascinated by and also frustrated by his best friend yeah. slash companion. And alarmed by, I think. And alarmed times. by. Yeah. And I think a big part of this movie, <laughs> which I find to be hilarious, is the like codependency between them and yes. like and and Watson needing to learn to let go of Sherlock Holmes and like start his own life because even throughout the movie Watson keeps saying like all right we're done like I'm getting married yeah I'm gonna ask her to marry me I'm moving out and he says it with 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 less and less conviction each (laughs) time and he puts himself into moments of temptation with Sherlock Holmes Mm -hmm. where he's like I really shouldn't be here because I know that if I'm here, I'm going to end up sleuthing with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does it anyway. And I think a lot of it, again, is just like this tale of codependency where they like can't seem to get like rid of this hold that they have on each other. Yeah. And it's hard. It, yeah, absolutely. To the point that Watson, in a way, ends up marrying someone who enables his codependency, yes. which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but like, because obviously it would be sad if he married someone who was like, you can't see that man ever again. You mm-hmm. can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> but like at the, towards the end of the movie where Watson uh, gets blown up, but doesn't die. And he's like in the hospital mm-hmm. and Robert Downey. hospice. Yeah. And Sherlock Holmes like puts on a disguise and goes and pretends to be the doctor so that mm-hmm. he can like check up on him and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Mary is there and she fucking knows that it's him in a disguise. She's like, doctor, doctor. Exactly. And she, in that moment, like accepts and is almost like thankful for him for keeping an eye on him despite their shenanigans. Yeah, despite the fact that he is literally the reason why he's exactly. in the hospital. So it's quite interesting to see like all the, all of those dynamics play out throughout the movie because uh, at its core, like at its heart, it's a story between two men who can't seem to shake each other off mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Like a marriage. Marriage is what brings <laughs> us together today. And... Yes, it is, a, is. It is a Sherlock Holmes story. Yes, there's a lot of like fighting in it. Yes, there's a lot of sorcery in it. <laughs> yes, this is like the fucking mystery machine. Oh, it was Mister Jenkins. Wow, ah, <laughs> Scoob, G Scoob. If it weren't for you, meddling kids. If it weren't for you and your fucking dog. That's what this movie really is at the end of it all. Yeah. But at its core and at its heart, it's a movie between two brothers and Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law have such a beautiful chemistry and connection. Mm -hmm. And it's truly led by Robert Downey Jr.'s openness and honesty in this role. Yeah. While still managing to be so silly and so fun and pretending to be just a lad yeah it's like it's almost like he's just like a guy who stumbled across his own intelligence and right. is like no i guess i'll use this i guess i'll keep this in me arsenal for future things so, yeah yeah i love it well 
That's him. That's it. That's him. <laughs> That's RDJ. That's Radigju. You might be asking yourself, why aren't you talking about Iron Man? The answer is one, we already talked about We it. already talked about Iron and Man. And second of all, I refuse. Oh my God, <laughs> shut up. We've already talked about Iron Man. It's an iconic role. He is Iron Man. When you yeah. think of Iron Man, you don't think of anyone but Robert Downey Jr. Correct. So really, the question you should be asking is, why aren't we doing Iron Man? <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to our first episode. <laughs> Go listen to our first episode. Um, uh, what have you been dabbling in, Jessica? Oh, goodness me. What have I been dabbling in? Um, oh, I, uh, this might be a really boring dabble, but we're just gonna, we're gonna throw oh, it out no. there. Oh, <laughs> um, no. I mean, boring to some people. You might like it. Uh, so I don't often, like, I, I spend a lot of money on, like, skincare, makeup. She does spend a lot uh, of my money. <laughs> I spent all of Monica's money. Yeah. Ma- Mamaka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the very first time, I bought myself a very expensive bag. <gasps> I invested. Oh my God, did you do the same thing? Oh my thing? God, wait, no, no. Keep going, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I bought myself a very expensive purse. What bag did you buy? I bought the the number nine bag from Polen. Okay. Incredible. <laughs> Tell us about this bag. (laughs) This is bag corner. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So I bought, I bought this bag. I've been looking for, uh, to to fill the listeners in, I've been carrying the same fucking like cross body. It's not disgusting. It's It's a, it's a boring black bag. It's disgusting. It's like falling apart. Well, yeah, but I mean, it does its job. Leather has like rubbed off on places. Sure. It, it makes a weird sound when she walks because that's it's like on true. a chain. So she like, when she lets the chain go, it goes. Well, that's just physics, but. <laughs> I'm but trying anyway, to paint a picture. I've been carrying the same bag from Target for like five years. And I have, I have some nice bags. Like my mom's bought me some like Michael Kors bags, but they're just not my style. I, I remember hate once Michael in a Kors while. bags. Michael Kors is like attainable designer fashion. You know what I mean? It's like Kate Spade. But anyway, so I I was just like, you know, I need I need to invest in an adult bag, but I couldn't find anything that I was really loving that I thought could be timeless, et cetera. And then one day I was on the Instagram and I saw this influencer who I love, who's British and a Brit. Yeah. Uh, her handle is Abby Marvel, and Abby. Um, and she was gifted this bag by Polen, and she was like, "I've never seen a more beautiful bag in my life." And I was like, "I agree, Abby." And so I went on the internet and I said, "Hmm, that this is an expense, but you know what? I have the money, and I really need a bag, and I'm gonna fucking invest in some high quality leather goods." So I did, and now it's on its way from France to me. Wow. <laughs> Wow. That's my dabble. My dabble is that I'm also trying to buy this fucking designer purse. Uh-huh. Not the designer purse that you want per se. You know, se, that's fine. But a designer purse. I've been, Just in general, you've been searching for one? I've or? been really... Well, I've been researching one for like the past year. Like I've been trying to find the right purse to like invest in for like a year. It's hard to decide. It's really hard to decide. And like I don't really like... Like, I know that, like, for example, Chanel, right? Like, Chanel will always appreciate and value because it's Chanel. Yes. So, it's like, (laughs) but I'm just not the kind of gal who can, like, pull off 
a Chanel bag slash yeah. would want a Chanel bag. Sure. It, it looks to me as if you were carrying around a pillow. I think you could or, pull off a Gucci. I also feel like I could pull off a Gucci. I feel like the in my mind, I have been looking for one for like a year and uh-huh. like researching and trying to find the right one. And I, because I'm trying to find like a bag and a wallet and like be Got set it. for like the next like five years, basically, Correct. because yeah. I keep buying like shitty purses and Same. they keep like ripping and like falling apart on me and I'm mm-hmm. tired I'm tired of it she's tired I'm tired of it yeah I mean I've done the same thing I want to buy a a big person bag <laughs> an adult <laughs> bag and I feel like a lot of the times people people like hate on buying like designer goods simply because they're expensive or because they make they like think that you are shallow Mm -hmm. but in reality i'm trying to do this so that i don't keep buying shitty fucking bags that once you invest it helps you not throw your money away on garbage exactly but also designer fashion is expensive for a reason listen as someone who works in designer fashion (laughs) listen 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 i have spent thousands thousands of dollars yeah. on bags my entire life yeah like if you add them all up i swear to god i swear to god in heaven above that i have spent <laughs> thousands in heaven god in heaven above please bring back the righteous gemstones <laughs> please bring it back i love danny mcbride i love that show why won't you bring it back hbo I've been trying to find this fucking bag. And I have, I've, I mean, like, there's the, I also really like, like, the Prada bag. Oh, yeah. They have, like, the 2000, I think, like, 2007 or 2005, like, like, they brought it back. They brought back that, like, little satchel bag mm-hmm. with, like, the little purse for your, like, your, like, Motorola phone. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Which is about. so impractical. Like, I could not buy that bag because I can't fit anything in there. I need, like, a mid-sized Fair. bag. Yeah. I need a bag that I can fit my phone in. And my other things, such as crayons. <laughs> such as my crayons. Such as my crayons. So that was my dabble is I'm on the hunt You're for a You're still good, on the hunt for a bag. I'm still on the hunt for a good designer bag. I'm hoping to buy one by next month. I hope I hope it finds you as mine found me. <sighs> <laughs> what color is your bag? It's uh, in the shade cognac, which is just like kind of brown. Um, it's like a very caramely brown. Indeed. Like a deeper See, one. Yeah, I, I would only ever be able to buy a black bag because I wear only black comes in clothes. Black. So. It comes in black. I only but... wear black clothes. But anyway, all this to say, the thing <laughs> that I am actively buying sure. or in the process of buying is a, a new wallet. And a wallet. I'm currently buying a new wallet. I'm Got hoping it. to narrow down the bag very soon. I see. But I have not. Godspeed. But I have narrowed down the wallet and I'm buying it tomorrow. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And on to our next segment. The Oscars 2021. (laughs) An irrelevant award show but we're still gonna talk about it as we were recording the uh, this uh this it year's is oscars we're finishing sunday april 25th 8 44 p.m the oscars have officially ended correct all I, people have won now yes i have the cnn entertainment list of oscar winners up on my computer the oscar meyer wieners <laughs> and uh do we we have thoughts we have thoughts we're not gonna get like all we're not gonna get like it. into it if you guys want an oscars episode 
you'll have to DM us and shit or like actually yeah. request be like, do it. Do this because, because I, that would also require me to see all the movies, which to be fair, I usually do. We, I usually do watch all of them. We both usually watch them. Aaron yeah. and I every year host like an Oscars party that people go to. And by people, I mean like three people. So <laughs> I just feel like usually we're on top of it. This year it was really hard yeah, to it watch was, all the movies. It was hard to watch all the movies because first of all, we were watching all the movies for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And second of all, like, wasn't going to go to a theater obviously you know not everyone has the screeners as demonstrated by our pursuit Truly. of judas and the black messiah the pursuit of judas and the black messiah <laughs> and i'm also just like a really big fan of seeing these movies as intended on the big screen and it doesn't i don't feel as inclined to watch things to watch movies like this just on my on my tv at home it's just not my vibe. I'm incredibly thankful that, um, you know, we are able to go out to the movie theater Correct. very, very yeah, soon. Yeah. In fact, Jessica and I are actually going to the movies. Yeah. Um, uh, we will we'll both be inoculated. She's already inoculated, mm-hmm. but I will be inoculated quite soon. Correct. So after that, we have tickets to the theater. To the theater. And we will do a live record. Just kidding. Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine <laughs> live from the movie theater at live. the Universal Studios live Hollywood. From the CityWalk Universal Studios Hollywood AMC. <laughs> Here's your host, Jessica, and the other one. Um, uh, yeah, so super stoked that we get to finally go to a theater, but you know, that's why we didn't see all the movies this year. But I mean, some, some of the ones that I did see got things that I think they deserved. I agree. I mean, I'm going to, I'm just, what's the elephant in the room? Uh, Chadwick Boseman did not win. did not win best actor. Best, uh, leading actor in a a load of bullshit. Which, uh, I have to be honest, uh, has given me kind of like a visceral response. I feel very like violent. <laughs> I mean, it's deeply, deeply up. It would be upsetting even if he uh, wasn't dead. It just makes me angry. Yeah. Like it, it makes me, it makes me incredibly angry because it was so well-deserved and he was the shining star of that movie. I mean, and you guys remember when we talked about Ma Rainey's? Y'all remember when we talked about Ma Rainey's and y'all know that we could not shut the fuck up about Chadwick Boseman yeah. and his fucking chameleon-like mm-hmm. essence, his oozing serums that he gave to that role. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to not, it's hard to see his blood, sweat, and tears not get rewarded with this gold statue not that anything matters i mean nothing matters i wish he was just here <laughs> like it and it just genuinely depresses me yeah. that uh fucking anthony Ho- i mean no shade no tino shade to anthony hopkins but sure. like Y'all know, y'all saw that movie. We all saw the same movie. Mm-hmm. We all saw the same movie. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't get it. But let's celebrate the ones that we are really happy about. The ones that we're happy about. Like, personally, I'm very happy about Nomadland. Winning Best Picture. I fucking love that movie. I haven't seen it. I'm just, you know, I was just so, I couldn't shut up about it. So deeply impacted by Minari. I was like, please win Best Picture. I know you was, girl. I know you was. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because 
that movie did blow up. Like people are people are like it. people so, are screaming about it. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's gonna get what it's gonna get. Like it, to be honest, the Oscars are is like a I mean tiny, they don't mean anything. The Oscars mean nothing. I'm just happy it got you know best supporting actress. Yes, incredible, one hundred percent because I, she was amazing. Mwah. Chef's kiss, so good. Honestly, like a twenty four, y'all are pulling the fuck. Oh. They are my favorite production company for a reason. They're amazing. Y'all are eating every crumb on that plate, <laughs> licking it clean, putting it through the dishwasher, bringing it back to the table, stacking it. Oh, y'all know. And oh they my make God. candles. Oh. <laughs> and they make movie genre candles. I know this because I own some. And they make candles and they make that blanket that we both want, but will not but buy. But will not buy. But it's such a good blanket. But we will never buy it's, it. For for the listeners, it's a giant blanket that has various aspect ratios mm-hmm. on it. And it's very cheeky and very fun. Yeah. And it looks beautiful and looks very soft. But it's like $100. It's like $150. <laughs> and I have the um like script books that they have yeah. sold. Jessica's bought candles. We've, we have merch from A24. Yeah, we love Because them. we're just dumb hoes who will spend our money on anything. I think it's like cool to love A24, but like they're legitimately good. They're <laughs> like, like very cool. I think it's like very trendy with like the Gen Zers to love A24 right now. Yeah. But quite frankly, they're just good. <laughs> Yeah, the thing the thing that they can improve on though is not all of their movies are marketed properly and thus didn't get like what they deserved. Like like they did not market Good Time well at all. At and all. Good Time was an incredible film. I would even go so far as say they didn't market Minari very well. No, I would agree with that. They really didn't go ham on the campaigns like they usually do. Yeah. So mm, I'm gonna be honest and say like it's partly their fault. Yeah. Because I will say that the Oscars have and always will be a popularity contest. If you get your shit in front of as many eyes as possible, mm-hmm. they will probably hand you the Oscar Meyer wiener. Correct. If you don't, you're fucked. So yeah. mm, this is partly their fault. I have a question. Did Chad Busman win the SAG award? I believe he did. Okay, because like I've said before, that's my favorite award ceremony. I think my, it's the most honest. <laughs> my favorite is the BAFTAs. <laughs> I do love a good BAFTA. I love the BAFTA. I love a BAFTA. Oh, it's so good. I just like the SAG Awards because it's actors nominating actors and awarding act. And like, I th- I feel like that's the mo- like if you're gonna get a pure in quotes form of an award, <laughs> that's as close as you can get. Absolutely. Like everyone, every yes. So just to confirm, he absolutely did win a male actor in a leading role. Blah 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 at the SAG Awards. Yes. Just wanted to. I think fact he won the Globe that. too, right? I believe he also won the Globe. Yeah. Uh, so just a fact check for in real time for all of that. Uh, I genuinely think that the SAG awards have way more merit than the Oscar Mayer wieners, because quite frankly, like what even are the Oscar Mayer wieners anymore? I also love the statue, the, I know it's so <laughs> it's drama. It gives me drama. It serves me hands. So, you know, I just, I just did the the pose of the uh, statue. <laughs> the Oscar statue, Oscar has no hands. He has no hands. He has no hands. He has no legs. It's just a stump. He's uh-huh. a stump with he has a no head. features. He has no features. He's faceless. Nah, dog. <laughs> That's going to be a no from me. Someone's got to redesign him. Someone has to rebrand the Oscars. <laughs> Oscar rebranding. Hire me for your marketing team. Hire me for your marketing team. I'll do it super cheap. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I guess those are like our big feelings on on these askes. Yeah, to be honest, I don't I just don't know how to feel about Frances McDormand winning like best actress. I fucking love Nomadland. Yeah. It was a great fucking movie. Glad it won best picture. 
At least for me, personally. Honestly, any of them could have won and that would have been fucking Yeah, I mean, the only movie I saw out of what was nominated for Best Actress is Ma Rainey's. And I, like, I love Viola in it, but I I don't know. I don't know if she should have won. (laughs) So I just don't know. And that's what I mean. It's like, I feel like that's the most, the one where I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it could have been anyone's game at that point. Sure. They all gave pretty astounding performances. Yeah. I feel... I really wish that people would just hand out miniature Oscar Mayer wieners to everyone. To the nominees. To the nominees. Yeah. If you're getting nominated for one, why not just have one for like your keychain or something? <laughs> that might even be worse. You didn't win, but here's a keychain. <laughs> here's a keychain. But like, what if it was here's like a solid? sticker. But what if I, it was? <laughs> for your parents, my kid was nominated, nominated. for an Oscar. <laughs> my kid was on the honor roll of the Oscar Mayer wieners. <laughs> Best director. Oh yeah. Applause, 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 applause. Second woman to ever win it. First Asian woman to ever win it. Chloe Zhao, so good. So well-deserved. What a fucking queen. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But an accomplishment nonetheless. An accomplishment. Asian woman, only the fucking second ever. Fuck yeah. Like I'm- I'm blown away. I just feel like this is a good, again, the Oscars mean nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. But But still. Still. In the society that we live in, I feel like a woman and a woman of color getting this recognition Mm -hmm. of the highest high honors, I just feel like is so incredible to me. And I I can't wait to see next year another woman snagging it and the year after that another woman snagging it. Like, I just, like, women are having a moment in film because, quite frankly, like, people are shutting up now and people can actually do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, women can now, like, do their thing. So it's, like, it's really cool to see. I'm I'm a soy big fan. <laughs> I agree. And on that note, Monica, we've come to the end. We've come to the end. Thank you for listening. Go to bed. Stop listening. <laughs> but as always, don't, don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. Good night, Monica. Good night, Jessica. Sleep tight. Oh. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Oh. <laughs>